Hello, my beautiful, wonderful, amazing people. How the hell are we doing? I hope everyone is good. Welcome back to the Lift Your Life podcast. I'm going to start this podcast with one of the most British things that I could say. How chuffing cold is it? Good Lord. It is now like, well, I was in the gym today and it was minus one degrees and I was like, oh my goodness me, I can't cope. I'm someone who feels the cold a hell of a lot easier than most people because, well, a couple of reasons. One, I have low blood pressure and to low estrogen. It's a side effect of low estrogen is that you can get cold a lot easier. So I'm not coping. Send your girl some warm clothes. I've literally just ordered <laughs> some thermals off Amazon. It's my first time ordering thermals. It's like, oh my God, I feel so like old. <laughs> I'm breaking, but we are good. And the good thing about being cold is that it's always, it makes it a bit more atmospheric, doesn't it? Around the Christmas season. You know, when Christmas is like, warm it's like no this is wrong <laughs> no so I, I don't know what Christmas will be like in a different country I, it just doesn't feel right to me you all think Christmas is wrapping warm and cold but I actually wanted to do this podcast not talking about how you can stay warm at Christmas or anything like that it's probably some government crap about that because <laughs> cost of living can't put your heating on but so you're gonna die <laughs> anyway <laughs> off topic Christmas. So a lot of my clients at this moment in time are really, really busy socially and lots of socials going on and lots of Christmas food temptations. Uh, well, shouldn't really say that word temptations because this is what this podcast is all about. It's all about how you can change the language and the words you use very simply and how this little small shift can completely transform how you perceive food and how you act around food. Now, the thing about changing your words is it's a very simple task. It is literally a case of just being very mindful when you do speak and when you talk about foods and changing how you describe them. But that description will change your perception. That perception will change your actions. And that will mean that your actions can and will be more aligned with what it is that you want to do and achieve. So I'm going to cover about four different things here that will change how you perceive certain foods and especially this time of year when it is more challenging you know I'm not going to be someone who says you know you don't want bad enough it's just food it's like no it's not it is more challenging it really is but these little things can really really help so let's delve into it I am huge when it comes to psychology if you've listened to these podcasts a while you'll know that I have a degree in psychology and the clients that I work with will very much know that I am very 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 nitpicky when it comes to psychology and mindset and the words that they use because it does influence your perception and if we can simply change your perception through a word how easy is that you know I'm not asking you to go to the gym every day I'm not asking you to completely flip your nutrition on its head I'm literally asking you to change a word two words, maybe three, four, depending on how many of these you use. And that in itself could be the little thing that leads to success with your dieting. So these are things that you can all, everyone listening to this, plug and play from today and see huge, huge changes to your relationship with food and your actions and behaviors around food. Number one is the good versus bad food continuum. Labeling, you know, I'm eating good, I'm eating good foods as like, you know, nutrient dense foods, so things like chicken and fruit and veg. Of course they're good because they do good things for us. They're full of nutrients. They fuel our body. They keep us full. But they aren't good in the respect that they are better in terms of, you know, morally better than chocolate and crisps and cake and pastries. And we typically label these foods as bad. Oh, I've been bad this weekend. Oh, I've eaten loads of bad food. I've eaten really bad. And the issue with using a negative word like bad or even other words like, you know, I've hit naughty this weekend, it creates this moral compass attached to that food. 
So that when you do eat those foods, there is negativity about it. So you do feel guilt. You do feel bad. And again, when you are labeling something as bad, and then you're feeling bad for having it, you've almost then created this, well, I've already broken the rules or I've already done something that I shouldn't have done. So might as well just do it again because I've already, I've already done something now. So when you are labeling foods in this way, you are setting yourself up to feel guilty about eating certain foods. And again, more you're more likely to overeat them as a result because of the fact that you have strayed away from what you should have done. It's like, well, I've already broken a rule, so I might as well break 10, you know? <laughs> I've already done it, so well, why not? So just be careful. If you are labeling certain foods as bad, if you're you know, saying I was really naughty on the weekend um, or I was really bad this weekend, I ate all this, just be mindful of that because there is no moral compass attached. There is no good versus bad food. Some food holds more nutrients. Some food is going to keep us fuller. Processed food doesn't contain as much nutrients. It's not as filling. There are negative health consequences for overconsumption, but that's the key word, that overconsumption. If you make those the bulk of your diet or you have, you know, you overeat on them because they're so easy to overeat. You know, think about Pringles and a bar of chocolate. You know, 600 calorie big bar of chocolate is not actually that hard to eat. Whereas if you ate 600 calories of just pure chicken breast or veg, you'd be like, at the end of it, like, no more, please. Like, please stop. So no food's good or bad. Some foods we want more of for the health perspective, but nothing is bad, okay? Nothing. Everything has its place in moderation. The only food that is ever bad for us is if we are allergic or it's gone off and it makes us sick. Um, Yeah, then we can say it's bad for sure. The next one is a big one at this time of year, and I've called so many of my clients out for using this word, and that is treats. Christmas treats. So I had a little treat. Um, There's loads of Christmas treats in work. When you label something as a treat, what is a treat? You know, when you treat yourself, I said treat so many times, it sounds like a weird word now. Treat. Is it even a word? Yes, it is. I can't say it now. It sounds so weird. A treat is a reward. So when you are doing that, you are rewarding yourself. So think about other other things that we treat ourselves with. You know, I'll treat myself to a spa weekend or a, a new outfit because I deserve it for whatever reason. So when you give a food that label, you are creating it as a reward and a justified means to having it. So it's almost like, well, I'm having this because it's justified because I'm, I'm allowed to have it as a treat. And remember as well that giving something a reward as a status, so you know, Christmas treats, it's putting it on a hierarchy compared to other foods. It's making it seem more desirable to other foods because things that are treats are things that we want, right? Everyone wants a spa weekend with the girls or some new clothes. It's things that we enjoy having. So if you're specifically labeling said foods as that, you're only going to want it a hell of a lot more. It's creating a new level of desirability above what it actually is. You know, when you actually think about it, how much do you actually really want that? Probably not that much, but as soon as you give it that label of treat, it goes from a, I kind of want it to, I really want it. And again, treats are things that we don't have all the time. So you know, we don't go on spa weekends every single weekend. We don't treat ourselves to new clothes and new this. It's something that we have minimally, but we really, really want. So that drive for it, you know, for a treat is going to go up. That drive for that food is going to go up when you give foods that label. So just be really mindful of using that word because of the impact that it can have on that desire to have it. And we know that when we do desire something a lot, we're just going to be thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And with food, it's very, very easy to access. You know, if you are trying to, you know, treat yourself to a new car or a holiday, you know, you've got to save up for that. You can't just go, screw it, I'm just going just gonna to do it every every other weekend. You might, but you probably won't. Whereas if you're treating yourself to some chocolate or cake or whatever, 
it's a couple of quid in the supermarket marked. You know, it's very easy for you to go and get it. So if you let that craving build up and you then are in the supermarket when you're hungry or you're tired, you know, when your willpower is a little bit less for whatever reason, you're going to go for it. And again, these foods are so easy, so easy to overeat on. So just be mindful of that word. The next one is more of a phrase and it's a phrase that I really hate saying. And whenever I say it in check-ins, I literally cringe and I will always preempt saying it with, I hate saying this, but back on track. Now, there is nothing wrong with saying it. However, if you are saying, I'm going to get back on track, I'm going to refocus, I'm going to be back on it. Every single time you eat a certain type of food or every single time you go for a meal out or have a takeaway, you're basically creating the idea that this thing is not allowed. This thing is not good. You know, you shouldn't be doing this thing because it's like, oh, yeah, well, I shouldn't have done that, but I'm, I'm back to doing it now. Well, there's nothing to say you shouldn't do that. There's nothing to say that, you know, it's wrong to eat out or eat a certain foods. Whenever, whenever you are in a dieting phase or even a muscle building phase, there are going to be times where we do just overeat and that is absolutely more okay. I had a client today actually who sent me a message before her check-in tomorrow. She had a weekend where she did overeat and she's actually still a pound down. And it's like, it does not have to be 100% all the time. But if you are kind of seeing meals out, takeaways, whatever, maybe having a meal on track as being off track or off plan or not on it, however you want to label that, it makes it seem worse than it is. And here's the thing, if you're making it seem worse than it is, and this is something that you shouldn't be doing because it's not part of the plan of action, you're more likely to rebel and overeat in that situation than you would if you just didn't have such a you know rigid mindset of on or off. Because like I was saying earlier in this podcast, when you create rules for yourself, quite rigid rules, the second that you break them, it's that kind of mindset of, well, I've already broken it, so I might as well to continue to have a blowout. You know, I might as well to continue to just overeat. And if it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm having this and I'm not on track with it. So I'm not, I'm not on track anyway. So what's the difference between, you know, just having, you know, a main course and having a dessert as well? You know, what's the point? I've already fallen off track. So it's okay to say it, but just be mindful of how often you're using it and in what context. Because if you're creating certain situations and certain foods where you're always using this phrase, you are creating that dichotomy. Again, that sort of very all or nothing thinking, which, as we know, does lead to diet failure. It does lead to short term success. And, you know, long term is never succeeded because you do have these little off plan moments, off however you want to word it. I don't like using it. And you struggle to feel back on track or you struggle to just have a meal out without going crazy because you've got this such rigid mindset. And then the last one is a bit of a controversial one, but hear me out on this one. And that's saying that you're on a diet because if you're on a diet, what what do we think of when we think of diets? I mean, a diet is just what you eat. We know that. But when you say you're on one, it's that mentality of very, very short-term thinking. Now, if you are dieting for a photo shoot or a holiday, a short-term goal is slightly different. But if you are someone who is wanting to lose weight and keep it off, and you're thinking long-term here and you know, thinking you need to make changes to your habits long-term because this is something that you want to do, you, know, you don't want to lose weight and get it again, or you, know, you need to make some big changes. Using this phrase, I'm on a diet, puts you in a very, very short-term thinking mindset. You aren't 
putting in the effort to make habit changes. You aren't able to deal very well with setbacks because you're not thinking long-term. You think, oh, well, it's a short-term fix and I can't do it. And uh, Just see it as what it is, a calorie deficit. And I would much rather say my clients who are in this position where they're wanting to lose weight and keep it off, you know, talk about the fact they're in a calorie deficit because a calorie deficit is short-term. You know, being in a calorie deficit is not forever. Whereas the diet that they have, the habits that they're formulating, this is for life. The only difference is going to be that once you have lost the weight, you can eat more. You know, you can come up to maintenance. You can probably be a little bit more flexible with your food choices because when you are in a deficit, you know, you want to be mindful of things such as, you know, higher fat foods because they are very, very calorically dense. You want to, you know, prioritize volume to keep you full. But the principles are still going to be the same in that you're going to be prioritizing protein, prioritizing whole foods, eating regular good meals. Like nothing is going to change from that front. It's just quantities and to an extent, the kinds of foods that you are having because you have more scope to factor in certain things. Whereas if you're telling yourself, oh, I'm just on a diet. Oh, you know, I'm just on a diet right now. You are thinking short term and you're not actually thinking about making long term changes with what it is you are doing and that's when maybe you will get to where you want to be wicked but the second that you're there you're going to give up and you're going to start to let all of these amazing habits slip. It's like oh thank god that's over and then you're going to dive straight into ben and jerry's and cookies and dominoes and be skipping meals again and losing all the focus on protein and then you're back at square one so Simply saying that you're in a calorie deficit, remind yourself that this is not forever, but the habits and changes that I'm making to my nutritional behaviors day to day are because that's what's going to give me that long term success. So I hope this one has been helpful and insightful for you in terms of helping you understand the language you use around food and the impact that it can have. And I promise you, promise you, promise you, if you are guilty of using any of these and you start to make a conscious effort to change that, it might seem very, very small at first, but the impact long-term in terms of how you perceive food and thus the actions you take are going to be humongous. I don't even know if that's a word. Is it a word? Humongous? It is now. Humongous. Ginormous. Amazing. Big. Fantastic. You're going to crush it. So that is it for me today, my lovely people. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Just to finish this podcast on, I very rarely, I don't like using the word plug, but discuss what it is we do in our services. I talk about our clients all the time because our clients are rock stars. Absolute dream team. I'm loving the team that we have. And we are a team. We are. We come together. We big each other up. We support each other. I absolutely love them to bits. Um, I'm very, very grateful and blessed to have everyone that I do. And we have actually closed our books for the Christmas period so we can look after our clients through what is more of a challenging time and of course me and Laura will be taking just a few days off around Christmas as well because we don't take days off and we're going to take a few days off just for some downtime but if you are interested in working with us I will leave the link to our January waitlist in the show notes but I will also leave our general application form in there as well just in case you have come across this podcast in the new year or any other time I please go and use that link because it won't be January and we won't have a waitlist at that point but over and out for today, thank you so much for listening. And if it has been helpful, as always, I do appreciate just a quick screenshot, share on your Instagram stories, or just to shoot me a DM and let me know that it's been helpful. And of course, if there's anything that you want me to discuss topic-wise, again, let me know and I'll provide. Over and out for this week, guys. And I'll catch you next week on the next week's episode. <laughs>